Hello, beautiful. This is Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and the recording you're about to listen to is part of the 2011 Living a Course in Miracles teleclass. Our intention in offering this class is to give you clear tools and practices that you can use to align with love every day in every area of your life. No one can do your healing for you. You must decide to choose love in every moment to the very best of your ability. Remember, miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. Intend to live a miraculous life of love and share the benefits of your healing and your expansion with everyone because you're one with them. Please pause the recording before the class starts and write down your intention in listening to the class. Partner up with your own higher Holy Spirit self. And please go to jenniferhadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the class. We begin with a breath of gratitude and a centering prayer, a blessing. I invite everyone to place their hand on their heart and to take another breath of gratitude with me. We're so grateful and so thankful that these teachings of A Course in Miracles exist. We're so grateful and thankful for the technology that allows us to transcend time and space and to receive the insight, the healing, the clearing, the support that we so deeply desire. In this very moment, we invoke the higher Holy Spirit self, the Holy Spirit, into our awareness. and We partner up with divine love as our true identity. We invoke divine grace into our heart and mind. And we willingly, gratefully surrender the clutter, the mind clutter. We open ourselves to true insight and true wisdom, recognizing that it is this clarity of vision, this profound wisdom that is our true identity and our true nature, and we are grateful right now to accept this class with Dove as a healing. We're opening ourselves to receive that clear insight that forever releases any obstruction. We are grateful to share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone. So grateful that we're one with them. In gratitude, we joyfully, joyfully let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. Well, I know people have been looking forward to this class, Dove, because I think one of the biggest challenges that the majority of people have is they do have this monkey mind. They do have this mind chatter and clutter. And I love what you said in your description about training the monkeys in your mind to go back to the zoo and leave you in peace. And this practical application of A Course in Miracles is exactly what living A Course in Miracles is all about. It's what the entire 16 classes is about. So this one piece of clearing the clutter in our mind, what do you feel is the number one thing that we need to know and apply? Well, as you ask the question, what what comes up 
is the very early lessons of A Course in Miracles, the very beginning lessons that when the first time through the lessons, most of us go through it and kind of figure, well, you know, this can't be the whole course. But uh, in the last couple of years, I have recently said that actually lessons one and two, in a way, after you do, do the course a couple of times, meaning you've gone through the workbook a couple of times, you begin to realize that the lesson number one, nothing I seek means anything, is a very powerful lesson. And lesson number two, just in case you think that anything means something, then you're the one that's giving all the meaning to it. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, and then, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, th there's a three word, uh, sentence that, uh, Jesus uses in text chapter seven, section seven. Paragraph four, he says, illusions are investments. Illusions are investments. So the way that I have been successful in reducing the noise or the chatter or getting down to really a quiet mind is by withdrawing the meanings that I used to give to everything. And, and that is something, of course, when we come into this world, we do give meanings to everything. That's just, you know, part of life in this world is, you know, you know what's good and what's bad and what's right and what's wrong and, and you give things values, priorities. And, and those are the things that actually, which are obviously based on rules and judgments, become that which actually starts to run us. And no matter what is going on in the world, no matter what the event is, or it could be something right here, you know, in my own family, my own relationships, you know, I have these these judgments that come up, and they are just meanings that I have given to things. So I would say the the easiest and the and the simplest way to begin to reduce the noise is to begin to withdraw the meanings I give to things. And I personally did workbook lesson number 25, which is I do not know what anything is for. I realized that that was something that was going to be helpful to me because I kind of knew that Dove always kind of knew what everything was for, and if I was ever going to kick that habit, I had to use something to actually begin to let go of the thought that I knew what anything is for. So I did that one lesson for seven years as a mantra. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, now, and, Doug, we have a lot of people who are in the class who yeah. have never even picked up A Course in Miracles. Okay. So we just we break it down really simply for them. And so I love what you're offering. Can you give us an example of where perhaps it was really challenging for you to give up the meaning that maybe you didn't even realize until you started looking at it what the meaning was and how you transformed that way of looking at it? Well... Yeah, some of the things that come to mind is is uh, is just things like say on health. Um, mm. If if I knew somebody who basically had a certain sickness and I was kind of stuck in my old meanings of what that sickness was, and I would you know I I would immediately see them a certain way. Uh, Saying, I do not know what anything is for for me, is my ability to let go of my old 
judgments on what that meant, you know, you know, you know what, whether it was cancer or whether it was uh, uh, arthritis or whatever, whatever the, the ailment seemed to be, I began to say, I really don't know what it's for. And, and, and that put it into like a, uh, a cubicle and say, well, now I know what that person's all about. And whether you, whether the example of health or, or anything, you know, if somebody basically was doing something there, that their behavior was something that, that I thought was, uh, you know, not a normal behavior and I said, well, that's the way they are. I began to withdraw that meaning and say, no, I really don't know what that is for. I don't know, you know, why they're doing it. I'm not analyzing their motives anymore. I began to withdraw my investment, my investment, and that's pretty much what, what the Course is saying. Withdraw your investment in, and the illusions begin to disappear. The illusions are really the thoughts you have about people, about things, about events, circumstances. And I found one, one thing very, very helpful. Rev. Julie uh, Gillespie, one of the teachers, once said, you know, uh, I'm never really upset for the events and circumstances in my life. She says, I'm really upset from my interpretation of the events and circumstances. So it's our interpretation that, that seems to be upsetting, and then we go into a kind of a tiz, and once we're in that tiz, the monkey mind has you. Yes. That's it, and it feels literally like we have been hijacked, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. The 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 ego thought system hijacks your your peace, and uh, unless you catch it real quick, you can spend a very long time thinking about it and and mm-hmm. and, and making all kinds of decisions based on nothing. Mm-hmm. Literally, but but you will go into a spin, and the and there's no the, the only way to to actually begin to do this is to is to apply practicing watching your mind, watching your thoughts, and I think that the workbook of of a course of miracles allows you what I found in, in my own first time through a course of miracles is I began to realize. That even though I'm doing the lessons and it says, you know, do it for 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening, maybe, that I realized during the day I, I had some upsets, like something would come up in business, and something told me, like a higher guidance system says, well, instead of doing the upset, do your lesson instead. <laughs> like I could have had a V8. Uh, so, <laughs> right, right. The moment you catch yourself in an upset, and I and I assure you that all upsets are really meaningless in truth. But you know, I don't know if we have the yeah. time to discuss that. Uh, <laughs> what I would do is begin to uh, train myself. To, well, I'll, I'll do my lesson instead. And doing your lesson brings you down. You know, there's, there's alpha and the, you know there's beta and there's alpha. It brings you into like a delta place where you where you're really just out out outside of the time space. Uh, uh, paradigm, you might say, that basically you you are taking yourself out of it, and you're being with Holy Spirit. That's so true. That's that's really well observed about how 
I'm sure if we did measure the brain waves, we would see that they they literally do shift in that way. That we could measure it. And for me, this is what I call partnering up. So for me, one of the most important teachings that's helped me with my monkey mind experiences is to say, I'm, I'm not interested in that thought anymore. It's like shutting the door on it. Nope, I'm not interested in that anymore. That's what excellent. I am in, yeah. Yes, and then I excellent. say what I'm interested in is, is love. That's what I'm interested in. And then in that moment, I take a breath, put my hand on my heart, and I consciously attune to the Holy Spirit, the higher self, the holy self. And so it is shifting that energy. We have to be willing, don't you think, to, um, to take action, not be a victim of that ego chatter, that monkey mind. Yes. Uh, as you were speaking, up came my lesson number 25, because I think there's a bridge that's somewhat necessary. Like you say, well, you know, I, I, and I, I totally agree with the idea that I'm not going to do that anymore is, is so excellent. But uh, I, I think that it takes a little practice to get to that particular place, because when a person is in a tiz, yep. uh, you certainly can't talk them out of it. But they must be willing. Now, it doesn't have to be less than 25. I do not know what anything is for. It can be any of the others. I'm never upset for the reason, I think. Mm-hmm. That's less than five, less than six. I see something that's not there. Uh, uh, less than four, uh, none of these thoughts have any meaning. You know, my, my thoughts are meaningless. But you do something that is, you know, is like a mantra that takes you out of it when you catch yourself there. At least you, you are neutralizing it. It doesn't, doesn't mean you're going to immediately move into the, into the higher level, but you're not going to be hooked again. And as you practice unhooking, it becomes mm-hmm. faster and faster that, that you can actually, uh, at first it, it, it had to be kind of deliberate. You have to catch yourself. But then after a while, it, it becomes second nature. You say, I just don't have to go there anymore. You just kind of smile at your thoughts. They become like clouds that are just passing over. You don't have to keep walking under the clouds. You just let them pass. Right. You don't have to uh, argue with that cloud or argue with the thought or talk yourself down from it. You can really just say, oh, there's something trying to, you know, there's nothing trying to be something. Right. You certainly don't want to argue with it. There's absolutely no winner in a win-lose kind of thing. And the moment you find you're digging your heels in and you are defending yourself in any way, you are definitely in on, on a battleground. And a uh, very famous uh, section of the Course, to to rise above the battleground is, is literally to say, hey, uh, I really don't want conflict. There's a wonderful lesson, lesson 34. Uh, I can choose peace instead of this. That's a great mantra. I mm-hmm. can choose peace instead of this. In fact, Ken Awabnik, uh, his two favorite lessons are 5 and 34. 5 is I'm never upset for the reason I think. And 34, I can choose peace instead of this. So, but you know, if a person is doing a course of miracles, they will they will resonate with with a certain lesson. It doesn't have to be five and thirty four or or right. l- lesson one and two like mine. But 
it'll be something that resonates with them. We all have our favorites. For me, I, I love love holds no grievances. Yes, that's that's sixty eight, right? Yes. Yeah. I think because yeah. uh, for me, that that monkey mind, that intense chatter, for me, it was always around holding a grievance, holding a complaint, judging someone, holding a grudge, and gathering the evidence to support my case. Right. Such a waste of time. Oh, yeah. And, you know, as many years as I've been doing the course, I still find myself still doing things like that. But but you catch yourself, you know. Exactly. And, and, And your ability to catch yourself is taking yourself out of the... Basically, it's a prison. You know, it's pretty much of a, of a prison. You, you, you're you're stuck in, in in your judgment from the past and just living in an old idea of what's good and bad and right and wrong. And of course, none of that really means anything. As as you're saying this, Dove, I'm getting this. Uh, you're talking about the prison. I'm thinking of uh, being in uh, a workplace with fluorescent lights and piles and piles of paperwork. So I'm doing piles and piles of paperwork, uh, analyzing and gathering the evidence to support my case so that I could uh, go before the jury and the judge and convince them that I'm right. And uh, at the end of the day, even if I invested 10 or 20 years in gathering evidence and being, having an airtight case, it, I'd still, there's nothing to win. Right. When, when you when you say that, that brings up one of the most powerful lines in the course for me personally, and 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 you just named it. And, and he he repeats it two or three times too. Do you mm-hmm. want to be right, or do you want to be happy? Mm-hmm. Choose one. You can have both. And you know, if he just said, "Do you want to be right, or do you want to be happy?" He didn't say, "Choose one. You can't have both." People would say, "Well, you know, why can't I have both? I've been right and happy." But it's so important to realize that in this world, you're being, you're thinking that you're, that you want to be right is at the expense of healing. So another, an, another word for happy is when, uh, uh, to heal is to make happy. And the purpose of A Course of Miracles is really to heal your mind, to awaken from the, from the dream of not knowing who you are and, and trying to basically see something while you're while you're bouncing off of walls, walking in the dark, and mm-hmm. you really can't see while you're walking in, in the dark. So the mm-hmm. purpose of the course is to begin to see the light, to actually wake up and and and, and see truly, rather than keep bumping into 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 walls and tripping, you know, in in places where, well, I want to be right, yeah, but what does that ever ever, ever got, got you as being right is, you know, somebody else loses, you get to be right. And uh, somebody by the name of uh, Candace Doyle once said, you know, many times I know that I'm right and my <laughs> husband is wrong. <laughs> she says, but what good does it do me to tell him that I'm right and he's wrong? It squeezes the love out of the relationship. It squeezes the love out of the relationship. And is that what I really want? 
So that's that's what really happens when we when basically the ego has us and is kind of strangling us and says, "Well, you're right, you're right, you're right," but but valuing being right when I really want to heal my mind is actually going in the opposite direction of the where where I really want to go. That's why it feels to me so much like it's a path of moving into spiritual maturity. So the spiritually mature person can see that there's no advantage to being right if it makes somebody else wrong or if it makes them feel bad. And that, you know, just like you said, it it sucks the love out of the relationship. It sucks the love out of the room. Uh, Because sometimes we can force that rightness on people we don't even know in a coffee shop or a store or a restaurant. But we're one with that person, too, and the love in that relationship, even if it only is going to last for 10 seconds, to me, it's just as valuable as the love in the relationship with somebody I'm going to be connected with my whole life. Because we may never have the opportunity to amends if we offend that person, and we're only going to see them once in our whole lifetime. Yeah. Uh, another thing that comes up as you were just speaking is is the what the course calls the secret of salvation, which is the secret of salvation is I'm doing this to myself. Uh, that, that no matter what seems to be going on, it doesn't really matter. And I know that someone could have, well, how about this and how about that? But mm-hmm. no matter what the event or circumstance is, I'm either seeing truly seeing my brother or sister as they truly are or I'm I'm blind to who they are and I am seeing an image of them which is my own judgment either upon myself or upon another that I still am locked in almost like a prisoner like if I judge somebody it doesn't matter if it's something I judged when I was a, when I was a kid or yesterday uh, I am locked into the same judgment as that person that, that I have judged poorly or wrongly or unworthy, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm almost the I'm almost the the warden, the sheriff, the jailer, and the jailhouse all wrapped up in one. When I actually judge somebody, th- th- there is no freedom there. There is no release until I practice forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gosh, and it, it, it's it's interesting when when you think about it. If you were going to ask people, okay, are these the labels that you want to place on yourself, so that when people say, oh, I, when I think of you, I think of someone who's a jailer <laughs> and a judge, and to instead of Oh, when I think of you, I think of the open heart, I think of the open mind, I think of someone who is free, who is liberated, who is spiritually mature and living a life of service just by being patient and kind and willing to let go of the meaning that we've made of these things. You know, it's we I think there's such a wonderful opportunity for us to realize that we have the opportunity to shift the global consciousness, if you will, the 
the way the whole of humanity experiences itself. And this this is one of the most wonderful parts of A Course in Miracles is this constant reminder that we're one with everyone and that when we can choose love, everyone benefits. It's not insignificant. Each choice for love is profoundly nourishing and healing to every one of us. As you're as you're speaking, and I certainly totally agree with what what you're saying. Uh, what I found over a period of time, and actually only found out re- really recently, and I've been doing the course for some time, and maybe this would be helpful to some of our listeners, is that if you think that you're doing this alone, you really do have reason to be somewhat defensive and and anxious mm. and, and kind of you know always keeping somebody a little uh, away because you really, you know, you, you, you kind of uh, have doubts about people until you get to know them. You, you can't really trust people. But, you know, there's that lesson 47, uh, God is the strength in which I trust. And, and in that, it's the first time I think he uses the word trust in, in an actual lesson title. And trust is so, so important to, to this course. Yeah. It begins to develop trust in your higher self, you know, at first, that, those are the words that you actually use, like, I'm, I'm trusting in the Holy Spirit is always with me. There's that wonderful lesson that says, ask a thousand times a day, who walks with you, until you're certain. And as we begin to develop trust, you, you begin to realize that, that, that you're always really being guided. There's always somebody who's always there with you. And that everything is really perfect. The people that come into your life are the perfect people to come into your life and that everyone is actually there almost as a way for you to learn a lesson that you have really come here for and they are the perfect people to to actually give you that particular lesson. Now, uh, I remember a line that Ken Watney said 30 years ago and I've loved it uh, and I always use it. He says, you know, if you really want to learn, you want to really take this course on the fast track rather than do it at a very slow pace he says you know it's okay to hang out with people that you don't feel all that comfortable with maybe they bother you a bit or they irritate you a bit because that's where your real lessons are the reason Mm -hmm. they bother you or they irritate you is that you have a judgment on them and it's not that they bother you it's that the judgments which we talked about being the jailer in the jailhouse all wrapped up in one, it bothers you because that defense is is causing the pain. It's not out there. That's that's on the screen. It's going on over here where I am. So, secret of salvation is I do this to myself. I am I am responsible for plucking the beam out of my own thought system before I try to remove the splinter from my brother. <laughs> and so often we. We are aware that our the monkey mind, the mind clutter, is we're judging someone else or we're judging ourselves, judging, 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 and searching for the proof to support our judgments is one of the main occupations of that monkey mind, and it grabs our attention, and like you said, we can be on that train and going, going, going for a long time before we realize, 
oh, this is sucking the life out of my life. Now yeah. what? And many people, I, I'd like to hear what you think about this, Dove, because one of the main things that I hear all the time is, but what if you have somebody in your life who is such a complainer? What do you do? Well, okay, I'll, I'll give you the other side of it first. Uh, I, as it happened, my, my first teacher was Werner Earhart from Master, which I took in 75, and I probably could never have picked up The Course of Miracles in 1977 unless I had gone through the S training program. But one of his favorite lines, which, is, which has become popular again, is, don't complain, don't explain. Uh, uh, and I, of course, I always knew what the don't complain is about. And right. It's only, it's only recently I began to realize that the don't explain is really the, the ego wants to be understood. The mm -hmm. ego has this, this drive. Well, you don't understand me, so I'm going to have to tell you all over again. You know, I really want <laughs> you to know who I, who I really am. And, you know, in case you didn't understand me the first time, let me tell you the second time. In a way, complaining, which which is very blatant, and explaining are kind of related. They're kind of cousins. And the explainer is not all that far away from the complainer. And it's still the ego. Now, if I'm, in a, if I'm a complainer or explainer, I'm going to be kind of like digging in and kind of trying to, you know, you know, I can't stand it or something like that, or I'm trying to analyze, I'm trying to help this person. But in a way, none of that's really true. I really can't really do something for this person who's complaining. Uh, actually, Jesus actually says in the Course of Miracles, Chapter 28, Section 4, the Great Adjoining, you must refuse, you must refuse to enter into your brother's dark dream. He says, mm. if you do, you're only reinforcing it for them and for yourself, because it takes two to agree on something. Mm -hmm. So even though we want to be helpful to somebody, even though we want to be helpful, and we all want to be helpful to someone, uh, if a person really can't hear you, not only can't they not hear you, but actually they don't really want you to tell them anything because they want to be right. It's getting back to you want to be right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If something bothers you about your brother complaining, it's probably because somewhere you're resonating with them and there's something there for you to look at yourself, to, to bring to the Holy Spirit and say, you know, why does this bother me so much? But if you have removed yourself and you're standing in the light and you're saying, you know, I understand you're, you're going through a tough time and all that, and, you know, I just want you to know that I am here for you, but, you know, I, I see you as okay. You don't have to enter into the dark dream and, 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 and basically, you know, help fix it because you really can't fix it at all. Uh, so... Uh, you're just being the light uh, allows that complaining to diffuse. I'm glad we're talking about this. I think this is really helpful to people because there's an important distinction to be made here, I think, and that is that, for instance, somebody can, uh, I, I could be in a conversation, a room, a relationship with somebody who's complaining. 
and it, the complaining doesn't have to bother me at all because I'm looking at them with the eyes of love and I'm looking at them with a heart full of compassion. I'm not judging them. And so I'm not irritated. I'm not frustrated. I'm not thinking that they should be different. So I am not upset. I'm just being loving and compassionate. Now, there are many times when the person who in front of, is in front of me is complaining, they're whining, they're irritated, they're frustrated, and I can notice I'm not enjoying being with them. I can notice this is not an experience that I hope will continue for much longer. At the same time, I can also be completely and totally at peace. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So this is the place of mastery that we're intending to go to. This is the place of spiritual maturity that we can be what I think of as unbotherable because we are centered in peace. The only way to get there Stay in your loving heart. Yes, that that is all that you can do with your brother and for your brother is to just stay in your loving heart and and to just see them as they truly are. You know, there's that there's that one page. There's a lovely page on page 27 in the text. It's, he talks about charity and it's a, a charity with a capital mm-hmm. C. And he says, you know. Mm-hmm. You have the power to grant to see your brother actually having already accepted the atonement for himself standing at the end of time, holding the hands of the Holy Spirit, looking back and laughing at it all. He says that you have the power to actually see that in your brother. Now, if you are still choosing to see your brother as the complainer as the, as the person who's still groping in the dark that's pretty much saying that well that's how i see my brother as i see him i see myself <laughs> as i treat him i treat myself uh so the ability to grant to him uh and see him actually we're kind of entering into a holy encounter now and i see mm-hmm. him i see him advance beyond uh, where he is in time. And and that's, as you know, the Course of Miracles, a miracle collapses time. And, and you you have the ability to see him there as he truly is, as, as, the, as the innocent Son of God who has, who is equal to you in every single way. And, and you can see him that way. So if he is there, he's really there for you. There's, <laughs> Well, he really is there for you. you know? <laughs> and it, uh, uh, in fact, that is one of the things I did want to say as, as, a, as a general statement, which, which may make things a lot easier and simple, and, and we always want to make things easier and simple, is to say that everything in this world is always here for you. You know, there's really nothing here against you. And, and that is, that completely reverses the laws of this world. The laws of this world, well, I know how what's for me and what's against me, and of course that's wanting to be right and giving meaning to things. But as an overall general thing, you can actually say everything in this world is here with you. Every brother is here with you and for you. You may not understand that at the time. I think a great section of the Course that actually speaks about that is, is dream roles, which is chapter 29, section 4. 
And he says, every single person in your in your life, in, in your, your dream, is a person that you have invited, almost like central casting sent them in. And actually, like, no one can actually do anything to you <laughs> or betray you except the role that you have assigned to them. And, and, and so if someone is there who is a complainant, that is something really for you. It's really not against you. Uh, there's something there for you or else it wouldn't be there. I mean, that's how perfect this divine design is. Yes, this divine opportunity to be, to open to see the, the truth which reveals that, oh, in this challenge are the seeds of my answered prayer. Exactly what, what it is I most would benefit from learning or seeing or knowing or remembering or however we want to think about it is in this challenge right now. It's no accident. It's the perfectly divinely planned. And so when we realize that our mind is the, the monkey mind and it's filled with this clutter, then that is the perfect moment when we're feeling the distress of the monkey mind to say, aha, right now I have the opportunity to choose love, to choose healing, and put an end to this kind of trash in my mind forever. And I can take everyone with me because I'm one with them. Yes. And that's part of developing trust. Uh, you know, while we are in self-doubt, and, and that's one of the things that the teacher's manual says in the introduction, it says, the real purpose for teaching, the fundamental purpose for teaching is to diminish your own self-doubt. It's not to teach anybody anything. It's to diminish your own self-doubt because while you're living in a thought system of judgment and, and, and past old thoughts that you really don't want anymore, you, you need to begin to create a new thought system. And, and the course, of course, is a way to begin to teach a new thought system to yourself. So the purpose of teaching is really to diminish your own self, self-doubt. And, of course, of the ten characteristics of, of teachers, the, the first one, which is trust or development of trust, is the only one that you're actually responsible for, meaning literally you do develop trust over a period of time by practice, practice, practice. It does take commitment, just like anything that you want in this world. You really desire to know yourself, to awaken, to begin to see who you are, who your brother is, which is really the same. As you see your brother, you're going to see yourself. As you treat him, you're going to treat yourself. One of the lines in trust, which I, I did want to, as you were speaking, I wanted to just kind of read, because it actually mm -hmm. says that everything is happening really for, for you. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's actually uh, saying, it says, it takes great learning to understand that all things, all events, encounters, and circumstances are helpful. All. So, so it doesn't say, oh, just the good things are helpful. And you know, going back to that Kenny Wapnick line, he says, you know, you really want to do this course on the fast track. You really want to, you know, have miracles happening. You, you know, it's okay to hang out with people that's not always making you feel good. 
and find out what that's about. That's where your real uh, healing takes place. The healing takes takes place in removing your blockages. As you know, the Course says the, your your function is not to you know find or learn about love, but to remove all the blockages to your awareness of love's presence. So that's what we're really doing here, is we are removing those those beams from our own thought system. Speaking of Ken Wapnick, I interviewed him on my radio show last month, and I asked him, I said, uh, how do you speak to yourself when you notice that you're in that mind clutter? Uh, what, how, what is it you say to yourself? What do you do? And I told him that I use that phrase, I'm not interested in that anymore. I, I'm only interested in choosing love. And uh, he said he goes to, uh, he loves Shakespeare, and he uh, quotes from uh, King Lear, where when King Lear says, that way madness lies. So when he notices his mind is hooked on something, he says to himself, that way madness lies. And so he's clearly identifying, there's nothing I want it, down that road. And I think that that is really helpful, is to have something that we say to ourselves that clearly helps us to cognize in that moment, there is no value for me to go down that road at all. Just like you would say to someone you love, to a friend, saying, hey, don't step in front of that bus. It's going to hurt you. You know, don't, and even the way you would say to a child, oh, you don't, don't touch that. It's, it's going to burn you. That we can say to ourselves, hey, don't touch that thought. It's going to burn you. Now, one of the other things that we said we would talk about in this class, Dove, is opening to divine guidance and wisdom. So, do you have a, a method for that? Do you have an understanding of how to increase our connection with intuition, divine guidance, insight? Well, actually, that's the same conversation that we're having now is actually leading into it. Um, because, you know, at first, you know, I'm talking about myself because we only know about what it is that we do. and. When I first started the course, you know, I kind of thought that basically, you know, I had to, you know, do this course on my own. Of course, like every other course I've ever taken, high school, college, whatever, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna master this course, right? <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, you can learn everything there is to learn, and, and then, but you know, the be a good place. student. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm a good student. I'm gonna do the lessons and do all that thing. But then mm-hmm. all of a sudden. There does come a time. There's a shift, and and, and it isn't that that I'm a, that I'm really aware of the shift, but but all of a sudden, somewhere, you begin to realize that 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 you are developing this trust, and and trust is so important because someone had an acronym for uh, trust, uh, which I love. They, they just put it out recently on Facebook, and I use it a lot now. T-R-U-S-T, to rely upon spirit totally. And Oh, I love that. Yeah, it is great. To rely upon spirit totally. And that's where we're all really going, truly. I mean, that's the direction in which we're going. 
when you gave that, that King Lear thing, uh, you know, I, I don't want to go there anymore. And the going, the going to that place is me doing it on my own, thinking that I'm going to manage, I'm going to micromanage, I'm going to control, I'm going to do that. But trust is giving up control. Trust is going the exact opposite way. As you begin to be willing to step back and allow who you are, what you are, your higher self, you can use the word Holy Spirit, you can use the word integrity, your higher truth, to begin to speak to you and through you, who is always with you. You you are your higher self. And 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 to allow that to begin to happen does take practice, just like anything else. If you go to a yoga class, it doesn't matter where where you go, you you're doing something you have to practice over a period of time. Uh I find the series of lessons one fifty three, fifty four, one fifty five, all the way up to one fifty eight like a perfect series of lessons for anyone who wants to develop trust. And, of course, the first one is 153, in my defenselessness, in my mm -hmm. defenselessness, my safety lies. And he's really saying, you know, you know, as long as we are trying to do it on ourselves, we do need to try and control. And those are our defenses, thinking, well, I don't want to be hurt or, you know, I want to look good. And, one of the mo most subtle addictions that I came, you know, if, if you're a mind watcher and if you're doing a Course in Miracles, sooner or later you begin to get into the idea that you're watching your thoughts and you're not going to get hooked by those thoughts anymore. And, mm -hmm. the, and one of the thoughts that, you, that I recently saw that, that, that it was so subtle, we, mm -hmm. we, we all have it, it's one of the most generalized, subtle, subtle thoughts, is well, I want to look good, you know. <laughs> I want to put I want to put my best foot forward, and the opposite side of the same coin is well, I don't want to look bad, and I don't want. Right. I'm I am afraid that people are going to know that I don't know anything, and and those are defenses, very subtle defenses that actually kind of keep us in a prison cell, you might say, where 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 well, you know, you know, I know what I know, and and I. Seems to be a lot of people out there know a lot more than me, and and I, I keep you know thinking that they know more than I do, and, and I don't want people to know that I don't know, and and that's an inner internal conversation that just keeps us stuck, almost like we're talking about being hooked, and only I can unhook myself, only I am responsible for removing the hooks. No one can do it for me. In fact, there's that one line in the early chapters of the text where the author says, you know, uh, don't ask me to do it for you. I can't do it for you. Even if I wanted to, even right. if I wanted to, I, uh, I would be uh, uh, interfering with the, with the most uh, uh, fundamental yeah. law fear of and the conflict. universe. Yeah, yeah. Well, the fear and conflict section of yeah. cause and effect. Yep. You have to be cause in your own unhooking, in your own yep. removing the defenses. No one can remove your defenses for you, and, and no one wants to move, remove your defenses for you. <laughs> you do it at whatever pace you do it. But that is the way you begin to remove the, those blockages. And there comes a place where you're emptying out, you're emptying out so much that, that the light starts to pour through. You, you do become that empty vessel where, where, where the light, where, where your eyes start to open up because you're not afraid of the dark anymore. 
if if you have any fear, you will keep your eyes closed, and and you will you will think that the world you see is 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 the world that that is either against you or for you, and you're going to determine who's against and who is for. But as you begin to let go of the defenses that are actually the ones that are determining who is for you and who is against you, and you begin to trust, you begin to see the world is really a friendly world, that as a matter of fact, everything is happening for you. And one of the most uh, comforting lines is in the longest cor- longest lesson in the Course, which King Ratney calls the Atonement Lesson, Lesson 135, if I defend myself, I am attacked. And in paragraph 18, it actually says, what could you not accept? What could you not accept if you but knew that everything that seems to happen, all events, circumstances, are gently planned for you by one whose only purpose is your good? That's my second favorite lesson. <laughs> ah, yeah. A healed and, mind does not plan. Right. Uh, paragraphs 11 through 18 11, of that yeah. uh, that particular lesson are all about you don't really want to plan that. And it's funny that you mentioned that whole thing about planning because anyone who plans for anything will be a nervous wreck for anything because mm-hmm. what they're what they're doing is they're thinking they're doing this on their own and they want to look good they want they want they want to do all the right things and you know no one can blame anyone for doing all the right things but because they they don't really know that they are with one whose only purpose is their good who gives them everything who gives them everything you see and that's where the reversal of the laws of this world happen in in the second of the three lessons of the holy spirit uh the first is to have give all to all, and the second is to have peace, teach peace, to learn it. The author actually says very clearly, if you want to stop the ego, you must reverse the getting concept. You must reverse the getting because the ego is always into, well, I've got a plan, I've got to do, I've got to get, I have to do, and that's the control as you are willing to give up your defenses, give up the, the control, you begin to see, you know, here I am. I'm the innocent child of God that I am. And my Father so loves me that everything that I need is given to me. And I begin to develop trust that everything is given to me, no matter what it is. And even though I mentioned that I spent many, many years on Lesson 25, the first 25 years, I'm very happy to say I used Lesson three, uh, 365, the final lesson, as my mantra lesson. Holy Spirit, I put you in charge at my request. Knowing the direction that you lead brings me peace. Whatever it is I need, you're going to give it to me, whether it's a word, a thought, a still and tranquil mind, it's all going to be mine because I have asked and you and you are right there to, to give to me. And you begin to realize that you're not really doing anything. It is being given to you. And you hear advanced teachers say it's really effortless. That you, you the only thing that you're responsible for is your willingness to give it over your willingness, and, and there's that one section where he says, you know, more than willingness, you cannot even give. 
more than willingness, you cannot give. The ego says, well, I, I can give more than willingness. He says, no, 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 just your willingness to, to kind of, you know, just step back and allow him to lead the way. And and I, I if you want to go into the other lessons that follow 153, I'm among the ministers of God, which he says, this is a lesson that you gave your consent to be among the ministers of God. This is a regular lesson of the Course, 154. And then he tells you how. 155, I will step back and let him lead the way. So I'm not really doing anything here. And the way I prepared for this evening is just to be here with you. And I know that you just, uh, I was thinking what a wonderful partner I have, Reverend Jennifer. <laughs> and now I'm going to spend an hour or so on, on, uh, on the phone together. Wow. <laughs> with Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm back. Okay, Jennifer, I'm back to you too. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I have no idea. So we'll just I don't know how much you, I don't know how much you actually heard, but I was saying, you know, the way I, I planned for this evening is <laughs> I did nothing except to to, to realize I was going to spend an hour with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. What a wonderful way to spend an hour, you know, with you and mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we've got we're we're going to go about ten minutes more. Okay. And um so I don't know what happened my I have no idea what happened because uh anyway but we're we're back again. I I want to go back to this uh point about receiving divine guidance and insight because so many spiritual seekers will be searching for the magic potion, the magic formula so that they can be more clairvoyant, more clear audience or whatever more intuitive and you know they'll think you know do i need to drink some magic elixir do i need to do some yoga do i need to all these things related oftentimes to the physical body and um and it's definitely true that uh people can experience more clarity when say they're not drinking alcohol and eating lots of sugar and but everybody is different and none of that is um an absolute but what is is an absolute is that when we are holding on to the thoughts of attack the thoughts of blame and shame the defenses all of that then we will definitely be obscuring the divine guidance that is always live streaming 24/7 don't you think yes and actually there is such a thing as uh as something that someone can do and mainly it's practice by the way it's again back to practice 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 and commitment i think it's it's very interesting you know, you know as i see the first 50 lessons the first 19 as i call them are the unlearning lessons where where you begin to unlearn all the things that you that you that, that you that you held on to and thought was true and you know like you thought you knew what things were and you really don't but lesson 20 and 21 he actually turns you around i call the next 30 lessons where it begins to build you up and actually says, I am determined to see. So he's telling you right there that you're not seeing anything. You only think you're seeing. He said, I am determined to see. And yeah. he says, 21, lesson 21, I am determined to see 
differently than just a few lessons further, 27, 28. He says, above all else, above all else, I am determined to see. And then he says, above all else, I'm determined to see differently. So he's, ta- he's, he's alerting you right up front that it's in your sight, it's in, it's in your eyes that don't see, your ears that don't hear, that you are blind, that you actually think you're seeing something with the body's eyes and the body's ears. But there's that wonderful thing called the law of perception. And this is a world of perception, you know, very clearly. This mm-hmm. is not a world of reality, it's a world of recept, of Perception is that wonderful line. He says, you know, perception is a mirror. It's not a fact. It's a mirror. So whatever you're seeing is reflecting and telling you what's going on with you. And whatever you're seeing is what you want to see. That's that's one of the laws of perception. One of the laws of perception is you see only what you want to see. You hear only what you want to hear according to the dictates of the teacher that you're listening to or the thought system, the thought system that that you are subscribed to. It's almost like if you're subscribed to a certain browser on on a computer, you know, you have to live by the laws of that particular browser. And some people say, well, I don't want that browser anymore. I, I want to get the new super one that, that it frees me up. <laughs> so while we're stuck in this smaller mind, the, the mind that, that basically, you know, is always defending itself and has rules, you know, don't do this and do this and do that. You know, we are really bouncing, <laughs> bouncing into into walls, <laughs> and you might say that we are blind. There is that wonderful lesson that says, "Without forgiveness, I'm still blind," and that's way up to lesson 247. So, 247 days into the year, he's still telling you, "Without forgiveness, you're still blind." So, forgiveness is really the idea of removing that old thought system to let it go, to 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 let it actually go and 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 stop holding on to it and that's how the 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 sight the seeing begins to you begin to see things differently exactly what it says even though the early lessons you, you're not maybe experiencing i shouldn't say that because that's just my experience but mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. might might have a wonderful experience on, on lesson 20 says i don't ever have to do any any more lessons you know and that's it but that's and that's fine. But the, the the thing is that if you if you are committed to to seeing things differently, you will. And there's that that wonderful line, chapter twelve. He says, "When all you want to see is love, love is all you'll see. When all you want to see is love, love is all you'll see. If you see anything other than love, you must have looked within and saw something that that that, that you thought was true within you." And you projected it out and saw it out there. So it's almost, there's this uh, lovely author, her name is Carrie Trifet. She says, if it's on my screen, it must be my projector. So whatever you're seeing out there, if it's less than loving, if it's something terrible or something rude, there's something over here that I'm projecting out that I see that. So whenever I want to see love, I will see it when I go to the thought system that is focused on something beyond the body's eyes and ears. And that does take practice. Yes. And also, you know, the good news is, too, is if if someone is feeling uh, worthless and they feel attracted to someone who seems to be 
um, very filled with light, very luminous being, you know, someone who's very loving and very kind, that is within them as well. So, so beautifully put. And I, I've been saying that for, for years and years and years. It came to me some 25 or 30 years ago. I, I, I thought I made it up. Some people said that. <laughs> if you spot it, you got it. You Whatever, got it. And, and, it, and it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter what, what you spot. If you spot beauty in another, it's your beauty. If you spot something that you don't think is beautiful, that's your own I don't think is beautiful thing. <laughs> and uh, whatever it is that you're saying, you re- that's, that's what perception is. And if you begin to use the laws of perception to learn about yourself, you begin to, you're given the tools to begin to remove the blockages and the defenses within. Because every brother and sister is, is a mirror for you. That is why they're in your life and why we said everything is really, every brother is here for you. They're here with you and for you. They're not against you. The ego says, well, are you kidding? Do you know, do you know who he is? No. If you think that you already know your brother's motives, you're, you're certainly caught up in, in your own ego's thought system and there's no way out until I'm willing to see things differently. Yeah, and it 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 takes discipline. It takes real discipline, and that's yes, why does. the the 365 lessons support us in building that discipline. And what I absolutely know is that the that little willingness it really is the key. Yes, willingness is the key. You have to be willing to say, "I don't, I do not know." And there's a wonderful line, which, which chapter 31, self-concept versus self. I think you probably know it. There's nothing that this world is more afraid to hear than this. Nothing your ego is more afraid to hear than this. I do not know the thing I am, what I am, what this world is. Yet in these words is salvation born. And what you are will tell you of itself. So as long as you think you know something, there's no room for what you are to speak to you and tell you of itself. So it's up to me to begin to let go of thinking I know anything. And in the thinking and in, in letting go of the meanings, which we, where we started at the beginning of the evening, the meanings I give to things, and say, I really don't know what anything is for, begins to loosen all those bricks that, that basically surrounds us. And, and once they get loosened, the light starts shining right through. <laughs> shine, baby, shine. Yep. Oh, so rich. And, I boy, we have covered a lot of territory in this class. Beautiful. Yes, there's a lot here for people who are just wondering how to get started and to begin the basic practices. And, you know, I think an important point, and I know I'll go a lot into this in the morning class. It's just about 12 hours from now. But it's that as you and I know and as we're we're sharing with the folks, it's this is a, a moment-by-moment practice. And... Uh, even though we have been doing this spiritual practice 
And it's not about studying. It's not about reading books and, and being able to quote things. It's not about that at all, and you and I both know that. It's about really being able to apply it moment by moment to, to choose love, Yes. And to know that love is all that there is. It's the only thing that has meaning. Love is the healer. Words are not necessary. And that it's not an intellectual game. It's about being able to move into that experience of love and to mentally choose love, align with our loving heart, take the mind and put it in the heart. And um, no matter how long we've been studying it, we still have to do that moment by moment, day by day, and that's how we get off that monkey mind train and into that place of true, lasting peace. There's no other way. It does take practice and discipline and commitment, exactly as you say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And willingness. <laughs> yeah, and trust. all It's these things all together. It's walking the talk. It's really living the teaching. And uh, no matter, like I say, no matter even 20 or 30 years of doing this, don't you find it every single day, Dove, that there's a, a, you know, a place where we, we can see, oh, the, the, the mind feels a little bit attracted to that judgment or that complaint, and we have to say, no, I'm not interested in that anymore. Right. It is on a day-to-day basis because stuff does keep coming up. Of course, you catch yourself very quickly, and you kind of smile and laugh. And usually, uh, it's just smile and laugh. You don't even have to catch yourself because exactly. because as as you see the cloud passing through, you just look and say, "Yeah, right." You know, yeah. that's pretty much what I say. Yeah, right. You know, you just don't you just don't have to go there. Exactly. Ah, well, we, I'm going to close this out with a blessing, and I, I want to thank you, Dove. Will you please tell everybody what, what are the websites that where they can go to to sure. uh, connect with you again? Right. Uh, at acimgather.org, acimgather.org. And we have a radio station where people can tune in all during the day and listen to the various teachers that come seven days a week starting 6.30 in the morning Eastern Time, going to midnight, and that's acimgatherradio.org, acimgatherradio.org. And, uh, uh, well, I, I also just wanted to say that I, I – um, and there's one other thing. On, on, on Facebook, we do have a page, which we have some 2,100 members. I'd love to invite people to that, and it's called uh, Open Minds. Open Minds for A-C-I-M and N-T-I. That's the name of it, and we'd love to have you there. And, and that's a pretty, like, open-minded kind of, we're open to all. All are included equally, no matter what their path or curriculum is. And finally, I do have 12 core themes of A Course in Miracles, which, which, which basically I see the same themes being repeated over and over and I'd like to give it freely to anyone who writes me at david at acimgather.org. Just write to me at david at acimgather.org. It's a two-page, two pages that contains a lot of what we spoke about tonight, what I call the 12 core themes of A Course of Miracles. Beautiful. 
Thank you. Ah, so let's place our hand on our heart and take a breath of gratitude together and give thanks that we can change our minds, that we can release the sense of feeling imprisoned and we can partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and remember our true identity. Remember that it is our true nature to be loving, to be light-filled, to be luminous. And we're gathering together right now in order to choose that and to celebrate the opportunity that we have in each and every moment to choose love and to remember that love is our true identity and it is the true identity of all of our brothers and sisters and no one is left out. All are included and we are grateful and thankful that our healing really does benefit everyone, that we are bringing the light into our own life. It's here in our heart. We are light beings. The treasure is within. The kingdom is within. And we are choosing that together. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing with everyone. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you so Amen. much, Jennifer. Really, it was so beautiful, too. Really. Yes. Yes, uh, it's it's wonderful that we get to do this together and we bring the whole world with us. And I'm looking forward to the homework class in the morning, so please join me then. And we've got the replays for 48 hours. Uh, they'll be posted shortly at the livingacourseofmiracles.com replay page. Thank you, Dove. Good night, everybody. Good night. And I am grateful, too. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Love you. Good night. Good night. This is Jennifer Hadley again. I invite you to remember that your dedication to your life of love is the best gift that you can share with the world. Love is the only healer, and it's always available to you for the asking. Remember, too, that you cannot have that which you're unwilling to share. Share the love today. Love out loud and know that all boats rise on this holy tide of love. Thank you for joining us. Please go to JenniferHadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day.